Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today I have with me Shay Wells. Hi. Hello. And I have two special guests. I have Tracy Wolf. He's from California. Yes. All right. Okay. I'm glad I got I that right. <laughs> and yeah. we also have Mike Yankee, and he's from Colorado Springs. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Wow. Well, these two got a hold of me and wanted really wanted to do a podcast, and uh, I think they had some cool things to talk about, so I can't wait to hear it. Well, we've been, uh, me and Tracy have been talking about this, uh, um, wanting to do a podcast for quite a while, and uh, the, the topic that we want to talk about is what's so good about Jesus. And uh, this idea started actually um, when the Lord kind of dropped this into my into my heart, uh, I don't know, it was probably a year and a half ago, no, when we were in, uh, we were out in uh, Maryland doing some counseling training uh, through, through Abiding Life. And, um, you know, we were, we, it was a pretty intense meeting and we were talking about, you know, all these things that we are learning about all these tools that we could do um, uh, to focus on, um, to try to help people through their problems and stuff like that. And it was pretty intense, and it was um, uh, it was almost college level type material, and it was a lot of diagrams and a lot of going over and diving deep into uh, issues that people had, and and you know all the diagrams were were pointing people to Christ, um, but I was um, at, at one point it was a, it was it was pretty intense, like I said, and it was a little overwhelming. And at one point, I just wrote down in my notebook, "Well, what's so good about Jesus?" And I and I took a picture of it and I sent it to you, Noah. And mm -hmm. and and from that point, I'd just been thinking about that in a lot of different ways. And you know, we your dad used to say, um, you know, I I want to just hold Jesus up and turn him around, flip him upside down, frontwards and backwards, and just see and and just hold him up. And if you, when you, when, when a pastor or a leader holds Jesus up, Jesus says he'll draw all men to him. And I, I don't hear a lot of that. I don't, I don't see a lot of people holding Christ up and describing what they see. And so that's the whole idea behind this, uh, this topic of what's so good about Jesus. I want, I want to spend some time, um, not just in this podcast, but in my life. And I want to kind of ask that question in general to everybody that's a Christian. I said, what's so good about him? What makes him so attractive to you that you want to dedicate your life to him? What makes him so attractive that you want to serve him or that you want to start a ministry or, uh, you know, hold him up to other people? I and mean, what's so good about him? I'm, and I know that the Bible, you know, we can point people to the Bible and tell them, well, we'll go search him out. Mm -hmm. And you know, search them out in the scriptures, but but I want to. I would like to talk about our personal experience uh, and and share that. And maybe that's just our testimony. I don't know, but I think there's something specific that we need to ask ourselves: what's so good about him? And and delve into that. So, um, you know, I shared this with with Tracy, and and he came up with a list of ten different things. And the list could be pretty exhaustive, but I think it's an important subject that we need to talk about. Yes. Amen. So you, you probably remember that Mike and Paula accompanied Mary and I in 19 to Uganda. Mm -hmm. And uh, while we were there, uh, we had a great time, by the way, while they were there. I'm hoping that someday it'll work for them to come back with us. But while we were there one evening, we're sitting around the table at the hotel and um, I hadn't been privy to this what's so good about Jesus thing until we got over there. And one evening after supper, we're talking around and Mike and I are talking about, you know, all the things that we teach and preach of the message that, of the cross and exchange life and him and us and us and him and the whole thing. And then finally, uh, Mike just kind of looks at me and he asks me this question. He says, well, Tracy he says, we can do all that, but really what's so good about Jesus? And I thought, yeah. What is so good about Jesus? You know, that's a great question. So, you know, I would just like to ask you guys, maybe you have something off the tip of your tongue, but if you were to meet somebody on the street who knows kind of who you are, what you stand for, what you believe, 
And they say, yeah, you know, you guys are giving me all this exchange life and life in Christ and all that. And that sounds really good, but just tell me one thing. What is so good about Jesus? How would you answer that person on the street? You know, just spur them on. What would you say in a two-minute conversation or whatever? And that's a challenging thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is friendship. But Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Because he is the center's friend. He's more than that, but he is that for sure. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, with that backdrop, when we, and I thought about that for the rest of the time we were there and Mike's left and we continued our trip and we got back home just in time for me to start spraying my almonds. Uh, We've had a fungicide spray on in early spring, which is in February for us. And I'm out there at, you know, 2.30 in the morning uh, spraying my trees, uh, you know, just bored out of my tree, pardon the pun. But I was out there spraying, and all of a sudden, I'm meditating on what's so good about Jesus, and the Lord just started dropping some things on me, mm. and I just kind of kept coming. And I, I'm, I'm driving the tractor, and I should be writing this stuff down. I wasn't. I just trying to remember, you know, what was coming. And so, to the best of my ability, when I shut down that night, I at least jotted a few of them down. And then that continued for a day or so, maybe as much as a week. I just get a little another nugget or another little suggestion about what might be so good about Jesus, you know, for all of us, even though many of us have walked in this message for many years, it's just still good to have something that's, you know, really quick. You can share with somebody. Uh, and then for, for even for those, for those of us who know this message backwards and frontwards, it's good to, to consider it, you know, because if we're not careful, we can make it too complicated. And I don't, we don't, we don't want to do that. Um, let me just interject this. Um, I wanted to share, and I'm kind of going to go out of order a little bit that me and Tracy agreed with, but um, I, um, we were listening to your guys' podcast the other day about the emotional concept of God, and I really appreciated, uh, and we've done that exercise before, mm-hmm. you, me and you and Steve, and yeah. I really appreciated the part at the end where you get to and you, and you go to um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and um, when you start talking about, you know, you substitute God for love in that chapter and it says love is patient or, or should I say God is patient, God is kind, God is not jealous, God does not brag, God is not arrogant. And, and I, I remember you getting to that point in the podcast where it was God keeps no record of wrong. And all those things are just little nuggets. And if we can spend time focusing on each one of those and taking them to heart and receiving them and walking in faith in those. And just like, okay, that is what's so good about Jesus. He loves me. He doesn't keep mm-hmm. wrongs. He is kind to me. You know, he's not this arrogant uh, God that's, that's so demanding and all this stuff. Yeah. And so those are just some of the things that I think are important to remember. And, and those are some of the answers that we need to be able to present to people um, you know, people, especially people that are struggling or people that have uh, that problem. We were just talking about a young lady that um, is going through some tough times before the podcast. And it's like, those are the things that these people, that people that are hurting need to know. Because mm-hmm. if, it's a, if, it, if God is a burden to them, it's like, no thanks, I've already got enough. Like your dad used to say to the, or he said he talked to a little, dr- to a drunk one time, an alcoholic on the street and he unwrapped his, Cork and took a swig out of his bottle. He goes, you know, do you want Jesus? And he's like, no, thanks. I got enough trouble. Yeah. It's like God is, God is no trouble. Mm-hmm. God, God is better than no trouble. He is, he is our friend, like you said. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, just to talk about that podcast a little bit more, like, like you're saying that little nugget I got is just for me, it was such a reminder that God doesn't live in the past. Right. You know, the enemy always wants me to go back to the past and remember all the bad stuff I did. And then I think, you know, then you start having that thought that God's living there too. And he's, you know, really disappointed with me, but no, he's actually with me moment by moment. Yeah. And, and then the, the, that's scripture, great reminder. New, the scripture that, that you were a new creation comes to, to fruition. It comes mm-hmm. to life. It's like, no, I don't have to hang on to that past anymore. This is who God says that I am. Let's walk in that. Yes, exactly. Amen. So to begin with, just just the first crack out of the box, and then we can talk more about other things and 
that that one right there about not remembering sins is down the list of ways, but it's a very important one that came to me that night on the tractor. He doesn't he doesn't keep record. We don't have to balance the the ledger, so to speak. It's all done with. Yeah. But before we get to that, uh, this the just the very fact that we have the message, just the miracle. I just call it the miracle of the message. Just the miracle of the fact that we even have the gospel today is one thing that's just so good about Jesus. And we still have it. Men have tried to stomp it out, tried to burn it off, tried to get rid of it throughout the ages. And yet we still have it. And, you know, it's accurate. It's reliable. Uh, it's dependable. It doesn't fail us in times of need or any time for that matter. But just the very fact that we still have this message of the gospel, Christ in you, the hope of glory. and you know, sins washed away, sins forgiven, uh, is just a, a really, uh, just a miracle in itself. And it's one that I think I, for one, take too often many times. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so then to move on, you know, it's just beyond that, it's um, um, the fact that, well, actually, I'm still there, that it, it, we're still preaching it and we're still teaching it. Uh, the fact that we're still believing in it and the fact that, you know, he, the, the message being the fact that he came and he dwelt among us, it says in John, uh, he came and dwelt among us in John 1, 14. I like the way one of the versions reads, he moves into the neighborhood mm. and he knows what we're about. He knows what we struggle with. He knows what we're going through. And yet he's there for us, never really, never really leaves us. In Ephesians 1 and 7, it says that in him we have redemption through his blood. Hebrews 1 and uh, 1 through 3, verse 2, there is, but in these last times has spoken to us by his son. The fact that Christ spoke to us in his son means that we need no other message. He's God's final word to us. And so everything is wrapped up in him. Um, so we can believe that's to be true. And yet sometimes we find that it's almost too unbelievable to think mm-hmm. that God actually dwells in us. He actually cares for us. He's listening to us. He forgives our sins, doesn't remember them anymore. And it's so unbelievable that a lot of folks can't believe it. It's just, they just can't exercise the faith it takes to make that miracle, the message, message applied to them mm-hmm. when, when it's true. And then for those of us who know it and have walked in it, sometimes there are things that pop into our lives, which for whatever reason, for a time or a season, we, we kind of don't allow it to be true. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and we can talk about that. Why? What happens when that happens? But that's kind of the, when we get to the end of all this at some point. And I've got about ten points, so we're not going to get them all done today. But but one towards the end, I mean, I just ask the question: Is is um, you know, I have this prayer actually just says, "Let it be true of me." You know, I know this stuff, but for some reason, sometimes emotionally or psych- psychologically, or because of the pressures of life that are going on. It's, we just don't allow it to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's important that we do. We just say, Lord, I know this truth and let it be true of me today. And, and then we'll, we'll get into tomorrow, tomorrow. But uh, so just the miracle of the message, just the fact that we even have the gospel and what it means to us to have Christ living in us. And we, I, we have confidence in him and that the scripture, when it says that it's true and it's not, it's not, uh, Focus, focus, or it's not something that someone's made up. Very yeah. foundational. Yeah, I agree. I was just thinking, like, I, I think I've talked about this before, but I always feel like I have a religious brain and a faith brain, and they're always fighting with each other. Yeah. You know, when I, when I, and Shay's watching me, when I get into my religious brain, I just, I destroy myself. Right. Because I feel like I need to do do's, I need to do works. You're not enough. I'm not enough. I need to keep going. And then I can't. So then I fail. And then yeah. more depression. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, then, you know, there's, there's just a ton of scripture and we don't spend the time talking about all of them, but it's all through Acts. And, you know, the apostles write about it all the time and how Christ has taken things out of the way for us. Um, you know, Second Corinthians five nineteen. you know, this is that Christ that was reconciled to the world himself not counting their trespasses against them and, and trusting us with this message. Mm-hmm. We've been given this message of reconciliation and that's what keeps us going. That's why we do what we do is we, we do what we do because we want to preach this message of reconciliation. And all of this 
is from God. He's given this ministry uh, to us, to those of us who believe in him and trust him for our soul salvation. So uh, I spent probably, I don't know how much time on the tractor that night, just thinking about what a blessing it is to simply have the message of the cross, the message of Jesus shed blood on the cross. Yeah, and I like that story, Tracy, because it, it just shows how God will meet you wherever you're at. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be in a church or, you know, sitting there on your knees praying. God just meets you where you're on a tractor. God's going to start talking to you. I love that. Yeah, well, that's one of the issues about being a farmer. You spend so much time on a tractor, you got to talk to somebody. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing nice about talking to the trees is they always agree. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they never talk back. I, I like what you said, Noah, about, um, you know, that it's a constant struggle between, um, I don't remember exactly how you put it, but you, you, your religious mind and your faith uh, mind. Faith mind. Yeah. And um, me, uh, Tracy and I were talking about this yesterday about in Romans 7, it talks about how, uh, Paul talks about how um, we were once married to the law, and but now we're married to Christ. And what you're describing, and I and I and I think we all suffer from that, where we we have our our uh, our faith mind and we have our mm-hmm. um, our, our works, uh, our religious mind. And yeah. it's Paul describes it as spiritual adultery, you know, because when we're married, and Watchman Nee uh, kind of clarifies this a little bit found out that uh, when we're when we go to that religious mind it's like we're married to mr. perfect he's unflexible he's unbending there's nothing wrong with him he's perfect as a matter of fact and but if we if if, if uh, so if we're the bride and mr. law is our is our husband and we're, we're we're married to that person if we burn the toast he condemns us yeah and so what do we do we, we get condemned and we run to we, we have an affair with, with Jesus, if you will. Mm-hmm. We run to Mr. Grace and we get forgiven. And then it's like, oh, that's enough of that. I'm going to go back to Mr. Perfect. So yeah. it's, a constant, it's a constant running back and forth and having adultery with, with another husband. And it's like, no, we're dead to, you know, Jesus died so that we could be dead to Mr. Law. Now yeah. we're married to Mr. Grace and we can have fellowship with him. And we don't have to run back to him. But you know, we're, we're we still do. Yeah, we still do it all yeah, the time. But 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 we are married to Mr. Grace. Yeah. So. Paul Paul explains there in, in Romans seven. He says, you know, the law is not going to die. The Scripture tells us the law is never going to die. Right. But so for us to be married to another, and death has to occur. Mm-hmm. Guess guess who has to die? Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do, yeah. We have to die to self so we can marry the new husband, which is grace, yeah. which is Jesus, which is life in Christ, which is the whole program. So, so, yeah, so that's what's so one of the things that's so good about Jesus is this thing of the message and how we just plug into it. And it takes faith, obviously, and it takes experience with him, mm-hmm. learning not to doubt. And we all do that at times. Oh, yeah. But but really, when you, you know, when you get down to it and you can tell the enemy to hit the road and brush all that doubt out. Jesus never left. He's there and he'll always be there. Yeah. And that's really cool to think about just the miracle of the message that we have in Christ. So Shay, I was wondering what your thoughts were on, on the question. Do you have any, anything you'd like to input as, as far as what's so good or what's so great about Jesus? Well, the first thing that kind of came to my mind because of my history is the lack of abandonment. So even though there's a part of me that struggles with the belief that he won't abandon me, Mm -hmm. he continually proves that. And I think so many of us are so hurt and left and really just discouraged by people And so a lot of times it's hard for us to step into that faith that he's not a person that's going to let us down like everybody else kind of does. And I know a lot of that is my past and my history, but being so hurt by people, it's hard for me to step into that faith brain sometimes because 
I even struggle with like we were my family was really hurt by the church and when my parents divorced we got kicked out of the church right. uh, I was no longer allowed to go to youth group my parents weren't allowed to go to church and so then all of a sudden that you know I, I tend to correlate God with my events that have happened right. and so realizing how often he shows up and shows me he's still here no matter what I do, no matter how I act, no matter what I say, right. he isn't here and his love isn't conditional, like right. many human relationships in my life. And so for me, if I were to have a conversation with somebody, that would be my number one thing is his love is not conditional right. and he's not going to leave because I've tried to run from God. I've tried to hide. I tried to walk away. Right. When I was a single mom with nothing, living in the ghetto with a cocaine addict ex, I tried to leave God because I was like, you don't care about me. And all of a sudden I had a house that I don't know how I got. And I enrolled in school that I don't know how I enrolled. And all of these pieces started coming into play that although at that time I was trying to shove him away, he right. was still pushing in. So my biggest thing would be he's not going to hurt you like people and he's not going to leave you like people because it's completely unconditional. He's a perfect gentleman, isn't he? He's yeah. not, he's, he's not, uh, that, uh, that demanding, um, person that's like, well, do you like me? You know, are you going to, you know, <laughs> are you going to do this for me? He's like, no, he's, he's the perfect gentleman. He's not going to force his way into you into your heart, but he's not gonna, he's not gonna turn his back on I me. Mean, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He'll keep showing up whether, whether you want it or not. Well, yeah. And I think that just shows the true love he has for us because I think we've all, we can all admit we've pushed him away before, but he's constantly working in all of us right. all the time, mm -hmm. even though we don't see it right away, which it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, uh, if we can move on to another one here. Sure. Um, uh, I think that uh, this is one we can all relate to. Uh, and I know that Shay will get a kick out of this one because uh, she's a Lauren Daigle fan. And uh, the second one that came to my mind as I was out there blowing spray all over my trees uh, was that uh, the song came to me, He's Still Rolling Stones. And uh, I love to listen to Christian music uh, when I'm spraying. Uh, I like the music anyway. Throughout the years of my ministry, I've been really inspired by good Christian lyrics. And they, they motivate me to, to check things out in the Bible and to maybe make a little message or a little something about some of that stuff. It's just really good material for me. And the fact that he's still rolling stones was made apparent by this song that she recorded. Uh, and it's really true. And when you think about it, God, Christ, Jesus is still rolling stones out of people's lives, out of my life today, each and every day. He has in the past. He'll continue to do so. Um, and there are many of them. Uh, you can, you know, you can begin thinking in your mind right now about stones uh, that he has rolled out of the way of your relationship with him, cleared up things maybe with family members. Who knows what all those stones might be? Uh, one of them being obviously the stone of unbelief. Just coming to faith in Christ is a huge stone. And 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 the scriptural reference for at least a couple of those. I only know of two right off the top of my head. But when Christ, uh, you know, they rolled the stone away and Lazarus come bumbling out of the grave and those grave clothes. And we raise Lazarus back to, to life after being dead for four days, which is um, just a hard to believe story. But the Bible says it's true and we believe it. And then on Easter Sunday morning, when the stone was rolled away for the ladies, he went to the tomb very early in the morning. And they were concerned about that stone. Who's going to get that stone out of the way for us? They got there it was rolled away. And that's just two literal times when physical stones were rolled away. And what happened after both of those events was what? What really happened next? I'll, I'll just fill it in for you. Life came forth. Mm. Yeah. All right. Life came forth. Life came out of the grave. You know, with Lazarus and Christ came forth out of the grave. And when, when he rolls those stones out of our life, what takes place? We experience the life of Christ. We see, you know, a, a, a maybe a new or a fresh uh, what that thing may have been holding me back from. You know, you can you can enumerate them. We talked about unbelief. We can talk about self-condemnation. We can talk about performance-based acceptance. We can 
talk about, um, you know, unrealistic expect expectations that others may have of us. Even some of our brothers and sisters in Christ may have expectations that are even higher than the Bibles, even higher than God's. And that tend to make us think that we are less than or whatever. And, and if we just plug back into Christ and the spirit of Jesus, uh, we'll see those stones begin to be rolled away. And I'm just, I mean, I took off. I was probably in orbit for two weeks about thinking about all the stones mm. that God had rolled out of my life. You know, self-doubt, um, self-condemnation. Uh, mm. I can't do it. Nobody likes me. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you can just name them. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's something you can think about maybe as we're going on here. Maybe something will come to you. What's been a major roadblock or stone in your life that Christ has graciously and lovingly rolled out of the way. Mm. Well, and well, first of all, you know, I'm a huge Lauren Daigle fan. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Um, but two, also just to kind of add to it is he's rolling stones, but in his time. And yeah. I think so many times we're like, roll this stone, like take, this like please roll this stone out of my life and we sit here just begging and pleading and then sometimes we feel like why is he not rolling this stone but being patient in the promise and being strong in the fact that he is rolling stones but i may need this in my life right now as much as it's painful and I want it gone, but being patient in his promise that he is still rolling stones. He hasn't forgotten about you, but his timing is perfect and not always our timing. Cause I know there are times in my life that I'm like, fix this relationship, take mm -hmm. this relationship out of my life, fix this. I need him to move this. But sometimes he, he says, sometimes he does say, wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's always, it's always sort of at the right time. You know, God, he gives us revelations. I've, this is another whole message, but he gives us revelations one at a time as we move in him. You know, we, we, don't, we don't get the whole picture, the whole package at once. We couldn't handle it if we did. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a mind blower. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he gives us a little one revelation at a time at the right time. And, and then hopefully those will be, you know, instruction or encouragement, or we can see where he has in fact taken that away. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so blessed and blown away with the fact that he, man, he's still rolling stones. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I love the song. <laughs> uh, and uh, as I'm, I'm sitting here in my office and I've got a little bookshelf over here and um, I've got a little plaque that's sitting here staring at me. And <laughs> it's one of those plaques that, Somebody bought me as a gift uh, years ago, and uh, it's kind of blended into the background of my, on my bookshelf over here. Um, but it's Psalm 4610. It says, Be still and know that I am God. And as Tracy was talking about this, it, um, uh, you know, those, those stones that, are, that God rolls away, um, he was, he's the one that's rolling those away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, when Mary and Martha ran to the tomb, uh, you know, they didn't uh, have to move those stones away. And even the, the Jesus in the tomb and Lazarus in the tomb, it's like they were still. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were all waiting patiently to see what the Lord was going to do. And, and that scripture has just given me a new meaning to me that it's something that we need to, you know, we talk about dying to ourselves and, and, and waiting on the Lord. And it's, it's really been that, little plaque right there's given new life to me. It's like, okay, just be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of times I think when, when we're waiting on God to roll those stones away, I think we're, we're, we're sitting there staring at the stone and mm -hmm. like roll the stone God. And he's like, would yeah. you just take your eyes off of it for just a second so that, <laughs> so that I can reveal my glory yeah. process. And because, you know, we don't think it's self-effort, but we're really like trying to get the stone moved. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, just be still and know that I am God. I, I want to do this for my glory. And, and another uh, scripture came to mind. It's like when, when the Israelites were sidetracked in the wilderness, 
um, they had to cross over the Jordan River to get into Canaan. And the Jordan River, uh, I just picture it as being full of stones. And they even put stones, then they build a, uh, they stack some stones in the water to, as a monument. You went on the other side, they built the, the monument on the other side. Yeah. And so they had, to, they had to walk on those stones on that river to get across to the other side. So to enter into the, to the promised land that, yeah. that the Lord had promised the Israelites. So um, those stones that God moves will, use, will be used as stepping stones for us to get into the peace and the joy that he has promised us, I believe. Mm -hmm. so. Amen. Yeah, I just, go ahead. No, I just said I like that. That's all. Yeah, I just love the chorus there where she, she, she says, all at once I came alive. Because I, I can remember experiencing that same thing. Yeah. All at once I came alive, this beating heart, these open eyes. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the crowd let go. That, the whole mess of the crowd before my life just let go. Mm -hmm. and the darkness should have known that he's still rolling stones. And, you know, and that just, I mean, I mean, I think I got off the tractor and almost started jumping up and down thinking about how that was true in my life. Yeah. yeah. And now I wanted to celebrate that more and, and not doubt when things aren't going, quote, my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I just bring up one of the stones that he's recently done for me is the, uh, how I just always thought I was so stupid all the time. And I, thought, I didn't think I'd ever get rid of that. You know, when he moved that, it was such a freeing feeling. And I, you know... Now that I'm through it, I'm so happy to be alone. Yeah. Because I learned so much through it. So we at the, got our conference in Uganda in, in this past January, excuse me, <clears throat> we did a little time where people could come up at the end and tell some of those stories. Yeah. And we finally had to shut it down because it just kept going and going and going. Oh, yeah. But incredible to hear the testimony of things that God had finally rolled out of people's lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it's just really comforting and, and sort of grounds the faith in us that this really is true. This really is who we are in him. Yeah. And he wants to do those things for us in his time. In his time. Yeah, exactly. And it could take 50 years. Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, you definitely learn so much when you finally come out of it. <clears throat> Yeah. But yeah. And, and going back to the original question, what's so good about Jesus? I think part of part of me has been really thinking about people that have fallen away in the faith because um, I've got I've, I mean, I've been a Christian for quite a long time and uh, I've got quite a few acquaintances that um, and even friends that um, have fallen away from the faith. And I think a lot of them. Uh, have fallen away because of the burdens that have been put on them, the, the stones that have been put in their lives by men. Mm -hmm. And um, so that my, my heart kind of goes out to those people too, because, you know, like I'm thinking of one guy that I, that I once knew that was in a worship band at a church that I kind of grew up in the faith in, and uh, he's completely turned away from the Lord. And, um, you know, I kind of asked him about it and he's like, well, it just, I don't, I've got enough problems. I don't need this religion. anymore." And I didn't think he thought it as a religion, but, um, so it really makes me want to have that question of my forethought when I'm talking to people or people that, cause I, I think most people in, especially in the United States have heard the message, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a, it's not a message of hope. It's a message of do. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, why is it change from a message of hope and, and good news to a burden? And I want to always keep that at the front of my mind of there's something really good about this good news. <laughs> and I I'm I'm really frustrated with people that try to pervert it and I don't know I mean I'm sure there's a number of reasons that, that I don't think we need to get into is why people pervert the gospel. But I think it's, it's important that we share what the good news is, you know, mm -hmm. the forgiveness of sins, the, the, um, you know, that he, he doesn't keep record of our wrongs and all the good things that we've been talking about him. So 
Yeah. So I kind of have a real burden for people that have fallen away from the faith. And that I think that's what originally attracted me to the abiding life message of being sidetracked in the wilderness. But I don't think we were ever intended to stay there. I think we were intended, you know, your dad was message was like, you're sidetracked in the wilderness. Let's get back. Let's get out of the wilderness into yeah. the, life, the full life of Christ that he has for us. So, yeah, definitely. Well, and I was just going to say like, when I, cause I walked away, I walked away in the sense that I was done with God, but he wasn't done with me. I had brought myself to Christ really at 13. I then was left by everybody. I walked away from God cause I didn't see him in my life because my focus was on my stones. My focus was on the hurts. And so I didn't see God in any of it. And I think it's so easy to not see God. I yeah. think it's easy if you're focusing on your pain and your hurt and your life and the things that aren't going right, that is your focus. So it's easy to go, God's not here. He doesn't care. I've tried the God thing. I tried praying. My life didn't change because just because we're Christians doesn't mean our life is perfect. Right. So it's, in a sense, easy to walk away Yeah. because you don't have to have faith. You just keep going with your life because it's going to suck and things are going to come up and hard times are going to come. It's hard to have faith sometimes. Right. Like, right. Life is hard. And so mm -hmm. not that I'm saying walk away from God, not that I'm saying it was a great decision. For me, right. it was a good decision because when I met this man and his family, they showed me who God really was that I had never known before. And so I had seen the God that wasn't going to abandon me and loved me through my pain. And he wasn't a magical genie that made my life poof amazing, but that I always had him to rely on. And so I know it is so hard to watch people step back, but also know that God is still pursuing them and they may just need somebody to refocus them. Yeah. Just your focus may be on your stones, but your life may not change like a magical genie, but God still wants to hear from you. Yeah. Yep. I have a friend who was very instrumental in helping us found a church we did back in 1990, uh, Brother Community Fellowship. And he, he has since claimed he's left his faith and he was very foundational with us. And my response to him as well, brother, you know, the last chapter isn't written yet. And, and we'll see where that goes. But I like your, your thought on focus because I think that's one of, the, one of the ministries that Jesus had when he was here, particularly to those he was talking with on a daily basis. He was trying to shift their focus. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they wouldn't let it happen. They wouldn't let that because they had too much invested in keeping it how it was. And sometimes we're not a lot different. But I think God's one of his main objectives with us daily is to shift our focus because how often if we do that if we'll allow him to shift our focus from whatever it is that's got us in the tank so to speak uh, back to him and his life uh, then we'll notice that things will change and we'll we'll notice that joy of the lord again or the lift in our spirit uh, that comes from being his child and uh, you can just look at the pharisees and how often you know he tried to shift their focus from what they were thinking, the way things had to be, to, you know, the Son of God was in their presence, mm -hmm. and they would not allow what he was trying to show them to be true. Uh, you know, they had to find some reason to condemn him or to uh, make light of what he was doing. Uh, so I, that's a big part of Christ's ministry in us, is just to continually shift that focus back to him. And he'll do whatever he needs to do for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and not always, not always pretty. It can be painful, but he'll, you know, he'll get it back over there. Yeah, and they say that the the root word of or the uh, the meaning of the word repentance is to change your direction or to change your mind. And mm -hmm. I think that's what Jesus was trying to do: is like change your mind from being focused on these things to to me. Don't focus on the fact that I just fed five thousand people. Focus on the fact that I'm your provider. Mm -hmm. You know. I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the king of bread. I want to be the king of life. I'm the bread of life. Yeah. Yeah. And it was change your mind from focusing on your sins. If I, if I could it, to focusing on the, the new Adam, don't focus on what Adam did. Focus on what I've done for you. Mm -hmm. You had an old life. Now you have a new life. Now you have a life of, 
of um, of love and peace and joy and all those things that we just talked about earlier in in First Corinthians. Um, and we let's so repentance is changing our focus, changing it from those things that that hold us back to um, bridge that gap of faith between our our old concept of God to who He says that He is. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I think that's what what Paul was talking about when he's calling us to repentance. It's like change your mind, mm-hmm. change your mind. It's not it's not stop sinning. I think we will stop sinning when we change our mind to that our sins are all forgiven, and I don't have to go back and focus on those and hold those up in front of me anymore. I think mm-hmm. we focus on the, the new life that we have and our total forgiveness of sins. That will lead us to a changed uh, life. Well, yeah, I can, like, even right now, I can choose to start focusing on my stones, my problems, whatever you want to call them, and it will instantly put me in depression. I'll want to stay away from Shay. I'll be meaner to the kids. You know, I can do all of that. But when I actually walk with Christ and day-to-day walk with him, choose him, sometimes second by second, depends on what's going on in my life, when I'm really walking with him, Terrible things can happen, and I'm okay. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're fully focused on Him, nothing phases you. Right. And one of the greatest examples, probably somebody in their focus, is when Jesus is having the interview with Nicodemus, and He says, "You must be born again." Mm-hmm. And Nicodemus says, "Wait a minute! I'm supposed to go back into my mother's womb?" Yeah. And no, yeah. you got the wrong focus. You know, you must be born from above. Again, so yeah, that's just you read the gospels and you see it time and time again. Uh, he's trying to get them to, it's not about a natural kingdom, it's about a spiritual kingdom. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's a whole area of uh, ministry that is very important. Mm-hmm. So, praise the Lord. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add this you know, I, I always think about this because I've seen it happen a few times in my life where. You go to church and they talk about, you know, if you raise your hand to accept Christ, Jesus will forgive you of all your sins. Just accept Christ. Just, you know, it'll be amazing. Then you get people to accept Christ. You go in next Sunday and they're talking about your sin and how you should right. sin. You're like, right. what did I do? Ju- I mean, I mean, how confusing would that be for people who accepted Christ? And then we're talking, wait a minute. I didn't think, I thought all my sins were taken care of. Exactly. Now we got to focus on them again. Well, that's a great segue to point number three here, if that's okay. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. This is simply this. He doesn't keep score. Mm. You know, because oftentimes we may be either somehow we've got the idea that there's this ledger out there. God adds up the good and the bad and the sins and all that stuff. But the scripture says it's it's really amazing because one of the main scriptures here is out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, I'll just read this little section here, verse 25. This is, you know, Isaiah speaking for God here. I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. That's incredible. Now, we just think that it's for us, and it is for us. But he also says, I'm blotting them out for my own sakes, and I will remember, I will not remember your sins. So he does remember them, but the enemy is real good at reminding us about them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He he traffics in that all the time and brings us down because he gets us thinking about that rather than the fact that, you know what? God has forgotten my sins. What am I doing remembering them? Hmm. Well, you're remembering them because the enemy is whispering in your ear, like your dad used to say, uh, in a Colorado or a Kentucky accent, whatever it might be, and reminding you, well, what about this, brother? What about that, brother? Remember Mm -hmm. when you did this, that, or the other thing? And in the scripture, right, even in Isaiah, I mean, well, this is the Old Testament. He does remember them for his own sake. He's tired of that stuff. He doesn't want to go back to it. Yeah. So why, why should we? Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't keep a record of those things. He's that's gone. What he does remember instead is his covenant, particularly the new covenant, and particularly the death of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. That's what he remembers. Yeah. And so when the enemy is bringing those things to our mind, that's what we need to remember and, and put into flight and say, wait a minute, that's no longer me anymore. Those things are taken care of. You can traffic there if you want to, enemy, but I'm going the other direction because my sins are forgiven and God does remember them. 
and I'm choosing to not remember them anymore too, because I can based on the authority of God's word. So when those thoughts come and they do, we have to admit they do to all of us. Oh yeah. Every one of us, but, but we have to have, you know, the, the, uh, what do you want to call it? The, uh, fortitude or the courage maybe sometimes to just stop him in his tracks and say, you know, you want to go blame somebody, you know, blame that person that died with Christ. Yeah. Because I'm a new creature now. Yeah. And that's so important. I think that's a good reminder. Like whenever I start thinking of my past sins, just instantly think about Jesus dying on the cross. I think it's a good, I mean, I, I hope I can do it more and more, but yeah, it's a good way to shift that focus. Yeah. Cause it's also in the new Testament, you know, as far as East is from the West, you know, it's, it's, Throughout the scripture, you, you, know, you find the idea that he's forgotten it. And I love this one here in Isaiah that says, for my own sake. I mean, that just blew me away. Uh, for my own sake, I'm not going to remember your sins. Mm. Not just for you, but for me. Because, I, you know, and I'm going, okay, yeah. you know, if, if that's true, and it is because it's in the scripture, then I need to, to allow that to become true in my life more mm-hmm. as, I, as I move on in him. And so that's an area that, it's really been a blessing to me in the last year and a half is I'm remembering this scripture more when I'm, when I begin to have those, you know, thoughts or doubts, I'll say, wait a minute, God doesn't remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to walk away from it in Christ. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Well, and we always talk about how Satan has such an easy job to just take our struggles and our past and just keep bringing them up and our sins and just keep bringing them up and bringing it up because we can already destroy ourselves so easily with I'm not good enough and I messed up and God's going to be so mad at me. And then Satan just takes that and runs with it and constantly brings up the same stuff. But just that small reminder. I mean, it's one sentence. God doesn't remember. Jesus is not holding Mm -hmm. a book of your stuff. Like he just wants you, not all of your mess ups. He doesn't care. So like focus on him. And so I love just being able to, you know, every time all those thoughts come in, just say like, God's not holding that. Right. Yeah. There's a scripture in Colossians that talks about how God has taken all, Christ has taken all those things out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And so, so, you know, just a simple thing is to remind, to remind the enemy that, you know, Christ took all of my sin and shame, all of it. Yeah. And nail it up past, present, and future and nail it to the cross. Yeah. And it's gone. So what are you doing bugging me with it? I got tree, trees to spray or I got kids to take care of or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. No, I think it's a great reminder. I think it's sweet. You guys always get me thinking. I'm going to have to take another walk. That's great. Hey, I got uh, two scriptures. I don't know how, how are we doing on time, Noah? Yeah, we probably got a, 10 more minutes, I would say. Okay, let me just throw this in. Um, uh, two little sections of scripture here that I'd like to point out. Um, the first one is, uh, and I, we all know this person. I mean, if you ever get to watch another baseball game, they show it on TV behind home plate all the time. The guys are always holding up the placards of John 3.16. Um, but, but I also like to read the verse after it. Um, so, uh, John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And verse 17 is, is the one that's just as, uh, to me, it's just as important. Uh, that's rarely mentioned for God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Mm-hmm. And I think you gotta have, you have to kind of put that together with the verse before it, because, um, it's an important reminder. And then the other uh, verse I'd like to point out is Romans five seventeen. For if the transgression of the one, uh, which is Adam, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So to me, basically what it's saying is the old... Adam, or the old man, has been put away, um, and, and much more, Jesus Christ gives us life. Adam gave us death because of his sin, and we all have that sin nature in us. Um, but it says that much more, 
those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. And so to me, that indicates that it's something that we have to receive. It's something that was given to us, but it's a gift. And it's some, and some people are really good at receiving gifts. Some people find it very awkward. Mm-hmm. And, and I get that. I, I have a hard time receiving gifts and I hate birthdays and I hate Father's Day and, uh, and I hate Christmas even because it's like, I don't know what to say when somebody gives me something very personal, yeah. something that I really need. It just puts you on the spot and I don't want to in front of people. So, but it's, so it's something that we do have to receive. And it says, then after we do receive that, we will reign in life. It doesn't say that we'll reign in death. It says that we'll reign in life. Mm-hmm. So it gives us the power and the, the joy of the Lord to walk in. And, and, and gives us the ability to, to look past those stones that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, the, the, this verse right here is one of the most important verses to me because it, it really does say what's so good about Jesus because he undid what Adam did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Satan's job is to focus in on what Adam did and just to remind us, remember what you did? Yeah. This morning, remember what you did when you were a child. It's just it, Satan is such a jerk. Yeah. So constantly remind us of the things that we've done in our past. But it's it's our job to receive the gift of grace and the and the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, so that we can reign in life and and have the joy of the Lord. Amen. So. Yeah, I just wanted to say, and you guys can say what you think about this, but a couple of weeks ago, I God gave me a dream, and it was a very interesting dream because Satan was hanging out with me. He was right next to me the whole time, and he was showing me what he does to people, and he kept telling me, and he was like, kind of like joking around, like hitting me like this and going, hey, look, see that person over there? I'm going to be able to mess up their life. And, I, and I, it was like normal people. And I said, how are you going to do that? And he goes, I just have to whisper a couple of things, promise them a bunch of things that yeah. I'm going to give them. And as soon as they say yes, I get in there and I wreck everything. And so this is the whole dream. He did it like to seven people wow. in front of me. And every time he left the person, he was laughing. Yeah. And he was just laughing away. And I just thought to my, when I woke up, I was like, that's exactly what he does. He's such a yeah. jerk. He does that to us, and he actually finds joy in yeah. destroying us. Yeah, or trying to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or trying to, yeah. He thinks he did, yeah. He's wrecked something, and then he's laughing. He's going to the next person. Yeah. And I was telling my mom that story, and she's like, well, what did Satan look like? What was, was he, like, ugly or anything? <laughs> or, you know? I said, no, he was, like, a very attractive man. He was very, like, appealing. You know, you're like, oh, I want that. Yeah. So it was, I don't know, it was a very interesting dream for me. I, it stuck with me. I keep thinking about it, how, and anybody I talk about, I tell them that rebuke him as much as you can. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, he's just, he thinks it's a, a hilarious game that he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all he's got. He, he yeah, really has, exactly. he really has no future. I mean, that's another thing we can do is remind him of what's coming for him. Uh, you know, we're not going yeah. there with him. Yeah, and I, I'm going to mess this verse up, but I, that verse that says, um, resist the devil and he will flee from you, I think mm-hmm. the verse before it says to draw near to God yeah. and resist the devil and then he will flee. So yeah. we have to do that first part. We have, mm-hmm. to, we have to draw near to God, and I think that ties into the scripture that I just read about receiving the gift of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Yeah. That's the drawing near. And then the, res- the resisting of the devil is just maybe a byproduct. Because we're, if we're drawing near first, we're, we're, we're hanging on to the promises of God. We're hanging on to his remembering the, the things that he, that's so good about him. And then the devil just has to flee because we're standing on a firm foundation now of, of what's true about us um, as opposed to what the, what the devil's about to whisper in our ear. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just want to say amen. The cool part about that is it can happen, you know, in a blink of an eye. Oh, yeah. You don't have to sit there and think, okay, now I'm going to focus on God, and then I'm going to rebuke the devil. No, it's instant if he's in there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. I agree. Yeah, it is cool. And and I, I've done this before where you're I'm fully walking with Christ. We're talking. We're enjoying each other. 
and Satan will come in and it's just like a fly, you know, just like, Hey, whatever. And you just keep moving on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I hope that I can do that more and more, but yeah. we'll see. Man. Got time for one more? Uh, yeah, maybe if it's somewhat quick. Okay. We'll go quickly. And then, uh, we'll, we'll we have like, there's about six more. So we should do another one sometime, but yeah, yeah. definitely. And maybe this, this, this part maybe only happens to me. I, I'll admit, and maybe I'm an odd duck here, which I'm probably an odd duck to begin with, but, but nevertheless, he doesn't depart from us when we get a little bit bored or stale with this message. I mean, I don't know. I remember your dad used to say we're a one string banjo mm. and we keep plowing the same furrow over and over. And sometimes Maybe that gets a little bit stale. Oh, yeah, you know, we've been there, done that, and the whole thing. But the cool part about that is, is whenever we get going down that road, he always drops something on us uh, to, bring, to bring it back, to make it fresh again. And, and that doesn't put him off when we go through those times of, I guess I would just call it staleness at times, you know. You just get a little stale with what's right. happening and the message we're trying right. to, particularly if you don't see much success or people latching on, like, we think they should, yeah. and you go, okay, you know. But God's really faithful about about at some point just you know dropping something on us, a nugget like like even these things we're talking about, these things that are so good about Jesus. I mean, those a lot of those come when we're kind of walking around thinking, well, my dauber's down, I'm not having a lot of success, nobody cares, mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear this message anymore. Yeah. And then he says, wait a minute, you know, have you thought about this? Boom, and drops another one on you, yeah. and it keeps us keeps us inspired and moving down the road. And even in those times of staleness, whatever, you know, he doesn't say I'm done with you. Uh, no, contrary, he brings something back, back to us. And it reminds us that no, this is always a new and always a fresh message, no matter how times we have the opportunity to give it. And, and it's such a blessing to know that um, he doesn't deal like that. He says, no, let's just keep going here. Here's another little nugget. I think about this for a while, change your focus, get back to here and where you should be. And it's uh, really, for me, it's an encouragement to realize that when I pass through those times, they don't last long. And uh, he's always got something ready for me on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we feel like we always have to be like moving and going and doing things. And so then when we hit those stagnant times, we're like, is God not using me? Am I not doing enough so that God can use me? Like, what is happening here? Or really, I feel like, at least for me, God's giving me a moment to breathe, a little moment of rest, even though I feel like I should be going. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, God's like, boom, here you go. And then I'm like, whoa, hold on. Now it feels like a lot. But really, it's that God gives us those little times of rest. But there are many times he's not like, hey, by the way, I'm going to give you a little bit of rest, so enjoy it. We yeah. feel like we need to go. We got we to gotta do some stuff. We got to keep going. We can't just sit here and God's like, no, you, you need to rest for a moment because I have something for you. Yeah, that it just bring, brings it back to that verse I was bringing up earlier. Be still and know that I am God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. want to. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can I tease you with just the titles of a few more? We won't get into any of them. Yep. Tease us. Okay. Okay. So the next one is he doesn't depart from us when we question him in times of tragedy or loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about that. His heart hears us when we lament. Like I have a message on the website about lamenting. Yep. The radio section. Uh, the, the next one is he is the relationship that we are longing for or we have lost. That's a really big one. Uh, he's the remedy for all of our lost and lonely emotions. Uh, the end of our faith journey. He is the forgiveness for others that we struggle to find. And mm. that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. That can be a big one. And then um, he is the end of our past and the beginning of our future. Mm. Uh, that's another big one. So we can maybe at some point we can talk about some of those. Yeah, let's do a part two for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed everything you guys talked about. I, I like, I just like doing podcasts because I always end up learning something. So and we all do. Yeah. yeah. So I appreciate you guys taking the time and, uh, you know, talking to us. And Tracy mentioned, if you guys go on abidinglife.com, you go on radio, I think it's 
I think it's close to the bottom. You have, yeah. I think, five, four or five uh, sermons. Is that correct? Four or five? Yes. Okay. There might be five or six in there somewhere. Yeah. So if everyone enjoys his voice, you're going to enjoy it even more on the radio. Or if you don't, that's fine, too. <laughs> yeah, that's fine too. You'll learn something. I promise you that. So check that out if you can. And thanks again, guys. Thanks for just your hearts, your openness, and willing to do this for us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Noah. I appreciate it a lot. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.